Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. Some of the things that he was explaining was just so simple, but it was truth that just hit right home. He's changed my life. He's changed my walk. I have a hunger for God now that I've never had before. And this is just the beginning. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Wednesday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. For four weeks now, this is the middle of my fourth week, I've been teaching from this new book I've got out entitled More Grace, More Favor. And I've also got CDs and DVDs on this and a bonus offer. If you get any of the book, CDs, or DVD, you can also request Self-Centeredness, The Source of All Grief. And this coming Friday will be my last day to make this offer over our television programs. I've taught so much on this that I haven't got time to go back through it, but I've been teaching from uh, James chapter 4 and also 1 Peter chapter 5. Both of those passages say basically the same thing. James 4, 6 says that he gives more grace. Wherefore, he saith, he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So if you want more grace, that's what this is about, you've got to humble yourself. He gives more grace to the humble, and once you receive the grace of God, well, then the favor of God just abounds in your life. If you want more grace, you need to learn about humility. And I've been teaching a lot of things. I've been teaching against what a false understanding of humility is and a false understanding of pride. I've countered a lot of those things. I've been teaching that humility is thankful, that humility is obedient, that humility does not judge another person. You don't impute motives to a person. You can judge that what they've done is wrong, but you don't know why they did what they did. That's pride. That's arrogance on your part, thinking that you know everything that a person is doing. You don't even know why you do everything you do, much less why everybody else does what they do. So anyway, I've been just countering a lot of things. I want to turn it over to Matthew chapter 18, and I want to show you today that Humility is merciful. It's kind. Now that's... don't People don't always put these things together, but this is what Jesus was saying from this parable. In uh, Matthew chapter 18 and verse 23, Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. I've heard many people you know, try and put this into dollar figures, and uh, I'm not sure exactly which it is. There's a, there's a disagreement on this, but it's a huge amount. This is in the millions and millions of dollars. Somebody owed him an amount of money that they could not pay back. And in verse 25, it says, But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. So in other words, because he couldn't pay the debt, this king just commanded to put him in jail and to sell him and get what they could. They basically, he sold him and his wife and children into slavery is what he was going to do. And in verse 26, the servant therefore fell down and worshiped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But that same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred pence. 
Again, there's a disagreement on what a hundred pence is, but relative to the debt that this man had been forgiven, it was nothing. It was, it'd be comparable to like somebody that owed $10 million and was forgiven that debt and somebody else owed him $10 and he wouldn't show any mercy towards them at all. It says, but the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants which owed him a hundred pence, and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then the Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him unto the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you if you from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. Man, this is an amazing passage of Scripture. You know, I don't think that the word humility or pride is used in this passage, but it's, it's all there. This man, he was thinking only about himself. When he was brought before the master and he owed him 10,000 talents, all he thought about was himself and have mercy on me. But then when he was shown forgiveness, he went out and again, he had somebody that owed him the equivalent of like $10 and all he thought about was himself. He didn't see the other person. He had no pity, no compassion towards them at all. So I'm using this to say that I believe that if you truly humble yourself before God, it will cause you to recognize how much you have been forgiven and then you can turn around and learn how to forgive other people. You know, over in Luke chapter 7 and uh, verse 47, let me turn over and read this to you, but this is where Jesus had uh, gone into the Pharisee's house, and when he went into the Pharisee's house, the Pharisees, Jesus said in another place that they sought the, the uh, you know, the up, uppermost seat in the, at the feast. They were always looking to be uh, accepted and approved by people. And so in Luke chapter 7, he went into this Pharisee's home and this woman who had been forgiven, I mean, she was a prostitute and she had been forgiven by the Lord. She came in and she poured this ointment on Jesus' feet, began to uh, uh, dry the ointment with her hair. And the Pharisee, he looked down his nose. Now, this was pride. This was arrogance, thinking he was better than this woman. And he said within himself, he didn't say this out loud, but he said within himself, now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, this man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this was that touched him, for she is a sinner. You know, the truth is, Romans 3, 23, all of us are sinners. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But he looked at her as being inferior to himself. This is pride and arrogance. And Jesus, in verse 40, said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. 
And he said, there was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed him 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him the most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said unto the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. And so here's an example of a Pharisee who was living a relatively holy life. It wasn't that what he was doing was wrong, but it was the fact that he was taking credit for his holiness. Instead of, instead of blessing God and saying, it's God that has worked in my life, he was looking to his own actions and thinking that God owed him a relationship, that somehow or another he deserved the favor of God. And then he sees this woman come in who's a sinner, a prostitute, and she worships him and wipes her, uh, cries over his feet and uses her hair to wipe the tears away. And she kisses his feet. And he looks down at her and thinks if he was really a prophet, he would know what kind of person this was. You know, Jesus didn't ever say anything about the type of person she was, but he revealed what type of person Simon was. He showed he was a prophet by telling exactly what his thoughts were. I mean, he revealed his thoughts in front of the entire group of people that were gathered there. And so he began to say uh, and reveal his hypocrisy in looking down on this woman. But anyway, all of this, see, goes back to humility. Simon was operating in total pride and looking down on this woman. But the one who was forgiven the most is the one who loved the most and that she gave and she... Forgive. Now, you put this back together with Matthew chapter 18, the verse that I was using earlier, and this man was forgiven this amount of debt that there was no way he could ever pay it back. But instead of extending the same mercy towards this other person that owed him a relatively small amount of money, there was no mercy whatsoever. He was just totally hard towards this person. I'm telling you, what I'm saying is that that is not humility. That is pride. That is promoting self. It's the same thing that Simon did looking down at this woman. This man who didn't show any mercy towards his friend who owed him the equivalent of like $10. It's just pride that caused those kind of things. I don't know if I'm expressing this the way that I feel it, but God has worked this on the inside of me. And I tell you, when you humble yourself before God, and when you recognize that you've been forgiven a debt that you could never repay, if you ever get a revelation of how much you've been forgiven, then it'll cause you to forgive other people that same way. If Once you understand the mercy that has been extended towards you, it will cause you to be merciful. 
If you aren't merciful to other people, it's because you don't have a revelation of how much you've been forgiven, how mercy, how much mercy God has shown you. Another way of saying that is that you honestly think that somehow or another you deserve all of the good things that are happening in your life. And so you're you're uh, expecting that somehow or another you deserve this stuff. If you ever come to the place to recognize that you don't deserve anything but judgment, then when you receive this grace, it'll cause you to be merciful to other people. You know, I've mentioned this already in the beginning of this teaching, but I had this experience with the Lord on March the 23rd, 1968. And I didn't mean to do it, but when I got born again at eight years old, I went to church and I began to start learning that God gives you what you deserve. And I felt like I had to earn God's favor and I was trying to perform and I performed better than any of my friends, than anybody I knew, but I thought God owed me something. I was really proud of my holiness. But then on March the 23rd, 1968, when I was 18 years old, God showed up in a prayer meeting on a Saturday night. And I mean, God just, I don't know, somehow or another, He wiped away my deception. You know, when you are operating in pride, it just, it skews the way you see everything. You see everything wrong. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I used this little uh, thing that my son had sent me where there were just these lines and he says, can you see the circles? There was actually 16 circles in that thing, but I couldn't see them. All I could see was the vertical and horizontal lines. But then he pointed out to me, and once you saw it, they were there all along, but I just couldn't see it. It's, it's that way when you're in pride. You look at the world, you look at other people through a different way of seeing things, and you can't see the good. You can't see anything except everything is filtered through self. And if self has to suffer, if it causes any inconvenience whatsoever on you, you just see things wrong. Pride makes you blind. It makes you to where you can't see clearly. But I had this experience where God just somehow or another wiped away that haze, that cloud, and I saw myself as a religious hypocrite, and I saw that I was trusting in my own goodness. And relative to God's goodness, relative to other people, I might have been okay, but relative to God, I deserved judgment. I deserved to go to hell. Now, I don't believe that God showed that to me because He wanted to send me to hell because I had made Jesus my Lord when I got born again at eight years old. But He was showing me that if you are going to trust in yourself, this is what you deserve. And I saw my relative unholiness in the sight of God. And when I saw it, man, I repented in sackcloth and ashes. And it just knocked that pride out of me. Now, I've got to say this. It's not like you just deal with this one time and it's over with. It's now been 52 years ago that that happened, and I still have to deal with this. You don't ever arrive, you just leave, you head in that direction. And so I'm not saying I've totally dealt with it, but I'm saying it dealt a death blow to that pride and arrogance on the inside of me. And once I received, you know, I, I, I started confessing everything I'd ever done or ever would do, and I wasn't sure how God would respond, but man, there was a tangible love and forgiveness that came over me. And once I received that, 
immediately it changed the way I dealt with other people. Immediately I began to start being merciful and having compassion towards people that in the, you know, before that I had looked down my nose at and thought that they were inferior and I wouldn't even give them the time of day. And it immediately dealt with my judgmental attitude. It changed everything. So I'm saying based on Matthew chapter 18, that parable that Jesus gave, but also my experience that once I understood how much I had been forgiven, immediately I started forgiving other people. I started experiencing, extending grace towards them. And I was raised in a very legalistic uh, church. I mean, very legalistic. If I was to tell you some of the values and the standards that I have, some of you would think, man, you were messed up. And I was. Because, I mean, I was just taught that nearly everything was wrong. Did you know I was... I used to... When I was a kid, I would see words scribbled in a bathroom, profanity or something, and I didn't write them. I didn't do anything. But just because I had seen it and that word even came to my remembrance, I'd spend two or three days repenting and asking God forgiveness for seeing it. I didn't do it. But I mean, that's how legalistic we were. We used to talk about mixed bathing. We didn't call it swimming in a public swimming pool with boys and girls present. They called it mixed bathing. That made it sound worse. And you couldn't go swimming in public. You couldn't see a girl in a swimming suit. Man, uh, if, you know, and on and on I could go. And I mean, we were just so legalistic. Dancing was 100% of the devil. And um, I could just go on and... But anyway, I had all of these judgmental things. And if anybody did those things immediately, you know, I was just uh, judging them. But after I had seen my relative unworthiness in the sight of God, and I admitted it and repented of it and expected to be killed, because that's what I deserve, and instead of judgment, there was mercy. Immediately, I turned around and started giving that mercy to other people. Now, I've grown in that. I mean, I didn't just immediately lose all of the uh, prejudice and all of the things that were taught me, but I'm saying it, it started changing immediately and I started reaching out to people and doing things that I would have never done before. That's what all of these verses are saying. That if you are truly, if you've truly humbled yourself and recognized that you don't deserve the blessings of God, that it is the mercy of God that has caused Him to work in your life, if you ever get a full revelation of that, I guarantee you, you will start giving this mercy towards other people. You know, this very passage of Scripture that I'm using right here about the woman that came in and, and uh, wept over Jesus' feet and then dried His feet with her hair. It says in verse 47, Jesus said, Wherefore I say unto you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. You know, I haven't gone out and done some of the things that maybe some of you watching this program have done. I've never committed adultery. I've never stole. I've never done all of these things. I have lived a relative holy life. And so some people would think, well, then you couldn't love very much. But the difference is I have a revelation of my sin and my unworthiness in a way that a lot of people who maybe have done things 
that are worse according to, you know, the church standards, you may have violated, violated more of the laws and the rules than what I have, but I've got a greater revelation of my forgiveness and, and what I deserved, the judgment of God, than what many people have than have done other things. So anyway, the point I'm making is it's not just he that's forgiven little loves little and he forgiven much loves much, but it's he that knows how much he's been forgiven loves much. And he who doesn't recognize the full extent of what you've been forgiven, you don't love much. I think it's really beneficial that people come to an end of themselves, that they get a revelation that even though you might look good compared to me and you might have all of these uh, claims and awards from people and stuff like this, in the sight of God, there is not a one of us that deserves anything but judgment. And I know that that's an offensive statement. Most people actually believe that people in general basically are good. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says that the heart is evil and desperately wicked. How can you know it? Men at their core are basically evil. They aren't basically good. And that's the reason that we see so much of society going into riots and looting and the terrible things that are happening is because people, when you take away the restraints, when you quit enforcing law and order and things like this, I guarantee you people at their core are evil. And yet there's some people that think, no, I'm really a good person. I just needed a little help. I wasn't as bad as this old publican over here. I fast twice in the week. I pay tithes of mint and anise and cumin. But did you know God accepted the publican because he humbled himself? The Pharisee was rejected because he was proclaiming his own goodness. You've got to come to the end of yourself. You need to humble yourself. You need to recognize that God loves us because he is love not because we are lovely, that it is the goodness of God. I don't care if you are the best person around. Who wants to be the best sinner that ever went to hell? The wages of sin is death. And if you got what you deserved, you would go to hell. So would I. It's the grace of God, the goodness of God. It's the gift of God that gives us eternal life. And you've got to come to this place where you humble yourself. And the good news is that when you humble yourself, God gives more grace to you. He just begins to start taking everything he's got and giving it to you on an unearned, undeserved, unmerited basis. But you've got to come to the end of yourself. You've got to quit promoting your own goodness. That's what this teaching is all about. More grace, more favor. And I tell you, this would really, really help you. This coming Friday is going to be my last day to offer the book or the CDs or the D DVDs on this. And I encourage you to please go to the effort of calling or writing and requesting the material. For anybody who will give a gift of any amount for any one of these pro products, you can also request this as a bonus gift, just self-centeredness, the source of all grief. I promise you, it would really, really be a blessing to you. So listen to our announcer as he gives you this information. Please call or write today and join me again tomorrow for the gospel truth. Andrew's teaching, More Grace, More Favor, is available as a brand new book or as a CD or DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. Each of these valuable resources are available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. This entire series is also available for audio download absolutely free from our website. 
or you can get the More Grace, More Favor package, which includes the book and your choice of either the CD or DVD album. This package has a catalog value of $50, but you can receive all of these valuable resources today for just $35. Also today, Andrew has a bonus offer. You can request the Self-Centeredness, the Source of All Grief booklet for free when you order either the book, CD, or DVD album from Andrew's new teaching, More Grace, More Favor. The free booklet is limited to one free per household and is only available in the US, UK, Canada, and Australia. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get these teachings. Or you can call our helpline 24 hours a day, five days a week, Monday through Friday at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. On March 23, 1968, Andrew Womack received a dramatic revelation of God's unconditional love and grace. Since then, Andrew has shared this nearly too good to be true news with millions of listeners worldwide. With his daily television show reaching 4.4 billion people worldwide, Andrew's message is changing more lives than ever before. He's expanding the vision through Karis Bible College, which has already discipled thousands of students around the globe and continues to grow every year. To learn more about what God is doing through the ministry, visit awmi.net. I want this ministry to prosper and I want it to go as far as possible. So for me, being a partner is partaking in the blessings as well as giving support to people to tell them that we're behind them and, and we want to be part of what they're doing. It's just awesome to be able to put good seed in good ground. And every blessing of Andrew's we feel and know that it's a blessing of ours. Jamie and I are here just to thank you so much for being partners with us. I tell you, we are reaching around the world. I remember when Jamie and I were it. I would run the sound while she was doing the praise and worship, and then she'd come back and run the sound while I was preaching. We did it all ourselves. Now we have so many people helping us, and it couldn't happen without you. It's very true. We're very thankful for our partners and what they're doing, and you're going around the world too, and everything that this Amen. ministry does. Amen. So we just wanted to say a special thank you, and uh, we love you, and every good thing that is happening through this ministry, you're going to share in every one of those rewards. So God bless you. Thank you for being a partner with us. If you're not already a partner, you can become a Grace Partner today by calling our helpline or going to awmi.net. Well, the minister's conference for me, it's really a time of refreshing. 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 Refreshing time with God. It's the most refreshing time of my year. We may miss other things, but we're not going to miss this. I believe that God is going to refresh you, and this is going to be a time of you getting refilled. You might not feel like it. It might not look like it at times, but you're making a difference. If you're just looking at the outside, then you're missing the potential. It's not about having a name. It's about sharing the name of Jesus. Our light to the world is our joy. Ministers, you're not exempt either. The same word you preach to them applies to you. 
if you get a hold of this, you can change destinies. You need to stand up and say that I will accomplish what God has called me to do. Y'all ready to do that? You know, social media has become a big thing in most people's lives, but sad to say, a lot of it is really negative. Well, we've got some positive social media. I would like to encourage you to check out our social media, all of these different platforms. We've got a lot of good news to share, so check it out, our social media for Andrew Womack Ministries.